Hello, hello, ladies. Well, hello, Crystal. How are you today? I am doing well. It looks like the weather may have finally turned here in New England, so I'm pretty excited about that. How are you? Yes, I am really excited about it as well. And, you know, I have this whole bee garden project that I've been, that I launched, um, you know, that I'm really encouraging people around the world, especially, well, especially in the U.S., to build bee gardens. And so I've been doing a lot of planting. And my husband just bought me the coolest gift. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a bird that looks almost like this oversized birdhouse, but it's actually for bees. And oh, so, that's excellent. I love it. I know. So I know. So I'm super excited about that. But yeah, all of my perennials are coming up and I can't wait to get my hands dirty in, in, in the garden for real. Well, you know, Heidi, I actually just recommended to one of my clients that they do some gardening for mindfulness activity and then journal after to see if any messages or thoughts had come through during that activity. So perhaps you could do a little bit of that this weekend, you know, really. Yeah. Yeah. Idea. And you know what? It is for me, um, it, it, because I really don't necessarily, it's a very creative outlet for me and having my hands in the dirt and just getting dirty and raw yeah. and it, it really does work. And it, it's incredible for stress release for me as well. Like it's just this ability to get away from everything and, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I no, it. I totally get it. Totally. get. It. I think you should do that though. I love that idea. Yeah. The, um, you know, and on this, that topic, I actually, do you remember when we had Deborah Poneman on the podcast um, a little bit ago and she brought up the ancient Hawaiian practice of, I think it's Hanapano, Hanapano, I, I can't say it properly, but um, I, I, and I don't know if our guest Evie knows what I'm talking about, but um, I've been trying to practice the four sentences of, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Yeah. And I, I will tell you that a couple of times, like things sort of resolve themselves. There's one big one that I'm like waiting for. I'm waiting for it to resolve itself, you know, and I keep on saying it. And what's interesting about it is it's about a relationship with a person and their last name. I keep on seeing places. Oh, that's so I'm, weird. Yeah, I'm wondering if the universe is kind of working something in the background. So I'm pretty excited, but I wanted to share that with you today because not I thought, Orlick, is it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All I right, mean, your well, husband's everywhere, and so are I you. I know he is. He spends yeah. more time with your husband, and the two of them have a little love affair thing going on. Exactly, more time than we do with each other, yeah. but it's fine. Exactly, exactly. So, so you're yeah. No, I was just saying your husband's like, I don't know, boating across the country or something right now. Yeah, he's like gallivanting with a boat with his father right now. They're making some really great memories. You know, it gets tough when your parents get older and uh, they're not the same as they were the last time you saw them. So he's really trying to enjoy the time with his dad right now. So I'm glad that he's got this opportunity, you know? Oh, good. Yeah. All right. All right. You and I could talk all day, but I know, I know. but I want to hear from Evie. So I'm going to let you introduce her though, because you have the relationship, although now I'm introduced and she's forever my friend as well. But, um, do you want to go ahead and give her a brief introduction? Yeah. So Evie, welcome to making a first story. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, gosh. We are honored to have you on. And, and um, uh, I met Evie, and then I'll have you, because you have the, uh, kind of a little bit of a funky last name, so I, I know I'm going to mispronounce it. Um, t- tell me again exactly how you say it properly. So it's Gertrude. Gertrude. 
Gertrun. Gertrun. Okay, good. Evie Gertrun. And um, I had the honor of meeting Evie in Guyana, as um, maybe some of our listeners know. I recently joined a company called Emerge BPO as their chief executive officer, and uh, they're a Guyana founded Guyana-based company. And so clearly I'm spending a lot of time in Guyana and, um, and through my um, adventures of managing an organization, I've had an opportunity to begin to immerse myself in Guyanese culture and meet an, just an incredible, incredible group of women that are really trying to move the needle for women in Guyana, which is an interesting culture. I'll have you talk a little bit about that, Evie, um, but also, um, you know, bringing technology uh into into the um into the country as the infrastructure and country you know continues to to grow and evolve and so i don't want to steal your thunder that's why i'm keeping it intentionally generic but um i evie you know is involved in girls in tech as well as a number of other entrepreneurial activities in um, Guyana specifically, you know, geared towards women, especially. And Evie, you you invited me to participate in, you know, one of your most recent conferences, correct? Yes, I did. And you did an awesome job. Aw, thank you. And then, so that's how we, well, I guess our marketing, um, my marketing person, um, you know, connected the dots and brought us together and you know, we will forever be linked. Um, so that's a, that's a, was a long introduction, but Evie, maybe you could talk a little bit about the work that you're doing in Guyana, the businesses you own, what you're doing around girls in tech. Uh, sure. Thank you again. I'm really happy to be here. I, um, I am a, I would say a second generation, uh, business owner in Guyana. Uh, my parents, uh, actually they, they are the ones who introduced me uh, into the entrepreneur life. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, I love it. And I've mostly been focused um, professionally as a marketer and a digital marketer, which has helped me grow um, local businesses online that we have and really bring a perspective of automation and innovation to what we do. So I have a chain of coffee shops in Guyana. They're called uh, Java Coffee Bar. And, um, you know, we really take pride in the community that we create around that brand. I am also uh, the social impact director of sites.gy, where we use a web and mobile app building platform to um, engage and encourage uh, young women and young people on a whole to build websites, build mobile apps, get their thoughts out there, learn, learn that technical skill to gain employment. Uh, besides that, I have uh, owned a marketing company for about 15 years now. And um, yeah, I've just been helping businesses tell their story digitally. And then how did you get involved in Girls in Tech? So with Girls in Tech, I was offered a fellowship last year through the U.S. State Department and the U.S. Embassy in Guyana for the Young Leaders of the Americas Initiative. Uh, where I would spend six weeks in the United States uh, with a host. Uh, that was for Java Coffee Bar, learning about grading and roasting coffee and sourcing. 
Um, at the time, I also met uh, Valeria McFarren-Piper, who is a, a data communication specialist. And she's also amazing, by the way. Yeah, she is. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I met her and I, I was just so amazed at what she does, that she uses data um, to create scenarios or, or just have the information available for what is um, deficient in emerging economies. And, and it was so well represented. And I thought right away, oh, my God, I need this. In Guyana, it's like one of the reasons we can't fix problems because we're not understanding the problem uh, from the ground up. So it was my task then to write a reverse exchange proposal to get Valeria to Guyana to get it funded by the Meridian Center and the U.S. State Department. And in researching um, for that project, I came across Girls in Tech. I saw that they were having a um, an intensive drive to open more chapters around the world and. You know, even without thinking, I applied and I wasn't even sure that that they would even consider me because I don't have a, a technical background per se because most of the women that I've met in Girls in Tech are in engineering and AI and robotics. And here I am, um, you know, yes, an entrepreneur, yes, uh, you know, aligned with a tech company, but not having um, qualifications in that discipline. But within two months, I was being interviewed, I was being onboarded, I was being introduced to great programs, great people, and um, just encouraged to get the movement started in Guyana. And I just uh, actually returned from the Pega World Conference where uh, we were sponsored to be there and everybody's excited about Girls in Tech and I'm excited about what we could be doing in Guyana and what we're gonna take back there. Hey, just to interject for one moment, um, Evie, thank you for sharing all of that. And thank you for bringing up the fact that you don't actually have to have a degree in some sort of computer science to be a woman of tech. Um, I think that's a really important um, statement because, you know, I am, um, you know, I'm from the same from the same world. So I got involved in tech from a sales side initially um, because I sold technology, but I wasn't necessarily an engineer. But I think that people you know, now obviously I'm an entrepreneur, but when, when you have people that are entrepreneurs are always looking for an opportunity, it's actually a really good alignment for a diversity and inclusion program like women in technology, because you have a different perspective. And sometimes I think people, entrepreneurs are also, you know, good at sales and, and advocating for themselves. And I think that that's probably a little bit of what you brought as well. So great job. Thank you very much. And like you rightfully said, you know, I, I don't have to be that person but i found that i'm i can be that bridge or i can be that en enabler and i've actually you know just been able to work with some amazing women in Guyana that do have that fully technical background as you said maybe not as well as putting themselves out there or marketing themselves or being involved in programs because you know diversity is so important when not just in in, in physical or education but also in personalities yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm interested in, you know, because as I've learned a little bit about Guyanese culture, I'd be interested in if you would be willing to share what it was like, you know, as a woman growing up in, in Guyana, um, you know, because it, it is a third world country. It's, um, 
you know, it, 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 women have not necessarily been empowered to be entrepreneurs and be independent. And I know, um, you know, you've really been a facilitator for that and, and mentored a lot of young women and, and well, a lot of women in general, um, and giving them the confidence to be able to, you know, step out of their comfort zone um, in a in a really non-traditional culture. So I would you be willing to share, you know, kind of who your influencers were when you were young and and what it's like being, you know, an a woman and entrepreneur in Guyana? Being a woman and an entrepreneur, first of all, uh, it's when you have the support and you have people celebrating you like you do, it's, it's great. That's the best. That's a good part of it. But then sometimes you're also painfully aware that as a woman, because you're an entrepreneur, you have to carry yourself a certain way. You have to speak a certain way. Um, sometimes you're even expected uh, to dress a certain way. And I don't mean by, you know, that you have to be covered, but even in the professional space, um, you're judged by so many other high standards and um like i said painfully aware of of that you have to kind of curate another persona to be in that space i've had meetings um alone where i'm i'm i think i'm being heard i've had meetings with my husband where when i'm speaking or if a question is directed all eyes are on him to answer you know, instead of me, even if I'm leading the project or leading the company. And it's um, it's something that I am aware that because I've chosen this path that I may have to struggle with for the rest of my life. But I'm also doing it because I have two daughters and I want them to have a great example of, of what can be possible. And growing up in Guyana um, was good for me. I, I am the daughter of um, uh, ministers. My parents are Christian and they, they hosted a lot of missionaries. So when you talk about being exposed to different cultures, I had a great experience with that. We would host people from all around the world, mostly the United States. And that influenced me a lot because I would learn about different cultures. I, you know, meet different kinds of people. And when I say hosting missionaries, I'm talking about teams of missionaries that, any one time our home would have from 18 to 20 people from countries like Brazil, um, the Caribbean, the United States, Canada. And I traveled extensively. I've always been volunteering. Um, so my summers and, and Easter were spent um, traveling uh, the Essequibos and, you know, having like um, food outreaches, medical outreaches with different teams. So I did have a very uh, good childhood, probably a little different from um, most other Guyanese. And um, that exposure to, to different cultures, that in, that exposure, even though it was a, in a religious context, I feel as though it, gave, it kind of gave me the boldness I needed, especially participating in, in church and, um, you know, being on stage. I was in the band and, and kind of gave me that uh, foundation for uh, being able to, to have that public speaking skill and those appearance skills. So that was, that is what I would say influenced me in being confident to speak out and speak about what I do know. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And then, you know, also then, you know, I, I've known you for a short 
time now, but when I would say that you embody servant leadership and, um, you know, and, and so do you think that you're growing up in that diverse kind of childhood environment, you know, that your focus has been on, on giving back? Um, because that's obviously pretty unique for Guyana, right? Um, in terms of having an opportunity to grow up like that. It is. And then, um, you know, just having the opportunity then to travel and volunteer and, um, yeah, I've just, you know, it's been incredibly, uh, I, I always say like, always be open to, to different cultures and understanding different people. And you know, I've, I've, we were talking about pivoting moments in life. I've just had a few very humbling, um, experiences in my life that have, you know, helped me to not be so, I don't know if serious is the word, but, uh, help me to just, uh, just, take things from different perspectives and understand uh, different points of views before I, I, I act or react. Would you be willing to share? Sure, of course. <laughs> um, I guess uh, the first major event in my life that I remember changing me was having a late-term uh, miscarriage at about seven months. I was pregnant at 24 years old and um, I, we, I suffered a placental abruption and I then went through this horrible time of depression and even a bit of alcohol abuse. And it, it really uh, changed my perspective. Like I remember being very carefree and, um, you know, just taking life as it goes and not really serious about what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be. And then after that happened, and it was so life-changing, at least for me, you know, it's, it's like nobody really knew <laughs> that baby except me. And um, it changed my life. Going through depression was really hard, but coming out of it um, and being able to kind of gain a new perspective on life really changed a lot of my attitude and really uh, changed a lot of what was important to me because before I was very much uh, wanting to go out, spend a lot of money on clothes, spend a lot of money on, you know, trivial things. And then when I came out of that, I wanted more life experiences. I wanted to uh, just travel more and um, be more involved in, in more meaningful things. And I think I really set the course for that because I don't know, going through that was just so hard. Like, I couldn't go back to me before that. It felt like I was just wasting my time before that. Hmm. Wow. Crystal, yeah. that's right up your alley. <laughs> yeah, you know. I well, was waiting for you to jump in. <laughs> you know, it's not, and you know, you can never say the right thing after hearing a story like that. My, yeah. my first response is always thank you for sharing because it yeah. takes a lot of courage um, to share. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, you know, uh, any form of depression, um, is just, you know, it's, it's, it's a disease, right? Like you're not, you don't ask for it and it's not easy to overcome. So like, you should be super proud of yourself that you've put, um, sort of the right self-care and the right practices in place to really, you know, come who you are. You've, you know, that's a big notch in your belt when it comes to life experiences, um, and in the moment, it's hard to see when things like that happen, that they're actually, you know, experiences that will allow you to use that going forward. But uh, I'm sure that a lot of that struggle has allowed you, you know, propelled you forward. 
It has, and it has opened my understanding for what people go through. Um, and, you know, just that we just need to be kinder. You never know why someone is is acting and reacting the way they do. And, um, yeah. Well, that's just it, right? And that's what I even go to, like, whenever I go to the restaurants, I always say everybody has a story. Like, you know, don't judge. We're all allowed to have bad moments, right? It's what we do with them that really makes us who we are. And I think that's why, you know, people, look, when they meet me, the first thing that they say is that, um, that I'm the most, I, I, I don't judge. Like they can tell that I'm like, I, I am no, the most non-judgmental person that they will meet. And it's completely true because I, I'm, who am I to make that determination? So I think, like you said, these, these trouble, these trying, these trying experiences give us that perspective. So again, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. We do. Yeah, and you have um you have a really unique relationship with your husband as well. <laughs> I think. I mean, it's you know, you have such a um, you two are such a team, and I love how he supports you and and enables your, you know, your your success. Right. I mean, I just you know he was there during the conference I spoke at, and he was you know, he was organizing everybody, he was taking pictures, he was, you know, he was just doing it all, and it was just completely selfless, right, and I, I loved, I love your, your relationship. Yeah, we joke that he's an honorary woman, because, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, you know, we talk about women's empowerment, and we talk about, um, about creating an enabling environment, and a, and a huge part, or the most important part of that is men actually being those enablers and being those empowers. I'm really proud of the example that he sets. And, you know, I, I'm always talking about it. And sometimes people say I talk about him <laughs> more than I do myself. But like you said, um, when you consider um, we all need a team and we all need a community to help us grow. And I've been so incredibly blessed um not to be not only with him and to be able to to grow with him uh, but his family um like i said i'm delayed right now my my mom and my mother-in-law and my aunt and his aunts are all watching the kids and then and then we've got our crew at java and our, our you know our employees there who are holding it down because we can't get back into game <laughs> and having a community and and having people who not only um, work for you or with you, but who actually believe in you. Like, they're like, okay, you just go, you do your conference thing. We're going to be here. We're going to handle everything. And a big part of that is sharing your vision with people and, and ex you know, making them a part of the goals that you set. Not that I, Evie, want to be this person, but, but I want us to be this and I want us to achieve this. And because... And when you take that perspective, it's, it's really easy to grow, I found, and it's really easy to take people along with you. And, and, and I'm just the representative of all that we do. I always say that. I'm just the brand ambassador of all that we do. But there's a whole team. There's um, a lot of people, a lot of parts that work together to get everything that we do done in Guyana. Yeah, I, the reason I was thinking about that was, you know, based on what Crystal was talking about in terms of coming out of depression, I think having the, that kind of 
support network, and Crystal, you're the expert at this, but you know, that kind of support network is so important. Support and connection are hugely important. But I think, you know, just to come back to your husband, um, I love what you say about having a male advocate and power in numbers, right? And so I think if we can get more and more men supporting um, women in the workplace in general, will be more successful. You know, I, I read articles all the time where, you know, fathers in order to, you know, when fathers have daughters, right? What, how can they support them as they enter the workplace? And they can do that by performing more of the domestic chores and really being a partner with their spouse and like that sort of thing. Um, so to hear that your husband is supporting you in all of these ventures is so incredible. And I think if women could have more um, of a perspective of um, rise up, lift up, empower rather than compete, um, I think that, you know, we'll have more teams, right? That can really um, make some headway in our space. Yeah. And he, he's incredibly unique because you know, in my, from my perspective, and, and, you know, Evie, you keep me honest here, but Guyana is a, uh, you know, it's sort of very, still a very male-dominated type culture, and, um, it, and it's very masculine, right? And uh, while, you know, our company, we have 77% of the people that work for our company are women, <laughs> so I love surrounding myself with um amazing women like that too and, and being able to give them you know career options in a in a in a culture that is, is still very male dominated so he's unique he's i think evie he's incredibly unique and you're right a, a great role model for other men to be able to check their masculinity at the door and to support their women and that is not a necessarily a thing at least from what i've seen in guyana you know, I, it's, it's a culture um, that was created there and we've uh, been born into. Um, you know, I remember my father and even the male people in my family having to be like incredibly strong and not emotional uh, and taking the burden of, of, of what's financially necessary to raise a family and all these different things. And, and the women being um, traditionally not just homemakers but being the ones that are uh, the emotional caregivers and, and and I think it's applicable for a lot of uh, places in the world but then when we consider uh, when we remove gender from the equation and consider where do people's strengths lie and how do we help people to realize their their potential so that we get more done, not in the context of what a woman could do and what a man could do, but in the context of what is needed for growth, whether that is uh, personal growth or um, a better life for your family or even a better country on the whole. How can we deny or, or the fact that there are women that are, are stronger in certain disciplines than men are? And we have to remove that that thinking that if it's it's something stressful or it's something hard or it's something highly technical it's a man that has to do it because he maybe has the 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 physical and the mental capacity to get it accomplished you know these these are just some of the thinking um uh that is there 
and even though women are more involved in the workforce and more involved in, in, the, in the economy of Guyana, no, those same women still have to leave their jobs or their businesses every day, rush home, make dinner, um, get the kids to bed, get homework done. So it's not that the, the role of the woman is necessarily changing, is that she has an additional role now. So how do we, uh, you know, compensate that? Are we, are we creating systems? Um, where she's not suffering from burnout, where um, she has enough money to do everything um, that she can and, and still uh, live her best life as being a woman. I don't know. There's a lot of questions that we need to answer. And there's a yeah. lot of thinking that needs to be done in terms of how we can support both men and women, even though women are the ones that need more to support to come into this realization and that if we are to move forward, even on a personal level, a professional level, or as a nation on the whole, that it, it's going to take everyone and everyone's mental health, everyone's physical health, everyone's self-realization depends on the systems that we create and the policies that we put in place to help our people flourish, not just our women, not just our men. It has to be a holistic view of what's happening. Mm, I love that. Gosh, that's, that's so true. And it's interesting because I, I don't know, I, I don't think I've ever shared this, Crystal, not on um, this podcast, but, you know, my marriage was very unique in that my husband was, gave up his career uh, to be a stay-at-home dad. Uh, and, and he was a, a stay-at-home dad for the last 15 years. So I traveled around the world. I held executive positions. I got to, um, y you know, I, I sort of got to play good cop, um, you know, when I would come home. And he, you know, did a lot of the heavy lifting, um, not only just keeping the household together, right, of all the stuff, all the shopping and the cooking and the paying the bills and doing the laundry and, you know, all, all of that, but raising our three boys. And I think being a really unique role model, uh, my, my three boys have a very interesting perspective on roles. And when, when, when we thought about doing this, it, you're absolutely right. It wasn't a, about what a man should do or a woman should do. It was the conversation around where are we, where are each of us in our life right now, and what's the best thing for our family? Um, and and frankly, you know, admittedly, I think he was much better suited to do to play the role that he did in in raising our children than I was. I mean, he he was just personality wise, I he's he was better at it. And, um, and I was at a point in my career where I could really, uh, you know, I was very successful in business. And, and uh, so it made sense for us, not for everybody, but, it, you know, for us, it made sense. So I, I, I guess all that to say, I'm in 100% agreement that sometimes we need to just rid ourselves of gender norms and begin to just think about things differently. Yeah, I, I've. At least it's worked for us. Like you said, that worked for your family. And um, it's, it's really worked for us to consider what our strengths are and how we can leverage that to create our best business, our best family life, our best uh, social impact. And me being the, most, the more outspoken one of the two of us, um, 
you know, I'm the one that would uh, be at the, the, the front line of, of what we're doing in our social projects. Yeah, yeah. Even if that means sometimes he has to hear things like, oh, you let your wife do all the talking. And <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he takes a lot of grief, gets a lot of grief from other, some other men, right? Because it is, you know, at least from my outside perspective, um, and, and, you know, just, it's also as a business owner or, or not owner, but as a person who, you know, is involved in business in Guyana, I think it is incumbent and you're doing such a great job of this EV of building community and, 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 and putting, you know, support networks in place for, for other women. But, you know, we see this a lot with us in our company with 77% women, um, and, and by the way, a lot of them are, are single moms, right? There's also single dads too, but really putting an intentional focus on how we, uh, support women, the women effectively understanding, cause I hear it a lot as I, as I meet with, you know, the people that work for our organization. So, you know, partnering, you know, doing the partnership with Nations University, being sure that there's after school support and that they have a place to send their children and that they're, you know, that, that then that, you know, support to be able to help with homework so that when the women, you know, leave their job of working with us, um, you know, that they can go home and cook dinner, but also just have quality time with their family. And so, I'm doing a lot of thinking and I love your, your, your guidance, you know, on another time, another place, but yeah. you know, as we think through that and supporting, um, you know, putting the right support structure in the country and helping to move the needle in that area. I, I really want, would love to brainstorm with you on how we can be a bigger part of it. Awesome. Well, I would like to share, though, that one of the most important lessons that I've, I've learned, um, you know, over the past year is, is li really just listening to people and not assuming what they need. Um, that's, that's really been not only a lesson, but kind of a really um, humbling experience. Uh, when, I con when I started our mission with sites and then I was just teaching um, website and mobile app design and thinking yeah these kids should be really excited that they're getting this kind of program to them not in a, a bad way or anything and not really understanding that they had difficulty because of um, infrastructure limitations um, some of them not having computers at home um, stable electricity access to internet and you know and then kind of being discouraged that sites wasn't growing as rapidly as it could you know we switched the focus let's stop thinking about us and what we wanted to achieve with our platform let's think about the people why they weren't achieving what they should given these tools and then when we started having that conversation and understanding that that some of these girls the only time they're in front of a computer is one or a week when they're at school or um or the only time they can access the internet is when they get home and use a parent's phone and then even then it's on a data plan yeah i always say i'm so proud of guyanese and their ingenuity and their determination because we've got some people doing some amazing things 
with limited resources. Heidi, I don't know if you're hearing right now the amount of power outages and blackouts we're having. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I've been living it all day to day trying to, to handle yeah, it. It's been terrible. Determined they're getting up, they're opening their businesses, they're they're taking those losses to, to have their businesses uh, running and operating because it's what you do when you when you decide that you're an entrepreneur. It's it, you know it's part of, of of the challenge, and and I'm always proud of, of what we get accomplished in Guyana, given that we're so restricted and that we have so many things that are working against us. But you know there's such a determination there, and and it fuels it. it anybody that cares about progress and development. Um, would be really encouraged when you meet Guyanese people and, and what they accomplish with the hand we've been built. 100%, 100%. I mean, I'm in love. I'm in love. So um, I, I, I always say this, Crystal, that I can't I know. end of our time. But oh. wow, this was a great kickoff, though, to our global initiative, right? Sure was, absolutely. And um, so, Evie, thank you so much for your time uh, today. I know you and your husband are trying to make it back to Guyana this evening. And um, so really appreciate you taking the time to share your story. And uh, any, anything, any pitch you want to do, or are we good? Um, just, yes, support uh, Girls in Tech. You can learn more about... Uh, girls in Tech at girlsintech.org. We're now in Guyana. Um, also, we have a project that we're launching next month called Cobro. It's an incubator-style co-working uh, place right there in Duncan Street, Georgetown. And we're creating jobs by training virtual assistants. So if you're out there listening and you'd like to know more about Guyana, like to be a part of the development there and empowering women economically, I please reach out to me. You need a virtual assistant. We're, you know, we're training people to um, enable them to earn and learn and grow at Cobro. So thank you for that opportunity. <laughs> I love that. I got We got to connect because I've been doing some work with um, some local incubators um, with regards to stress management for startups and and employees entering the workforce. So I'd love to connect with you on that for sure. Awesome. That sounds great. And. Um, you know, Crystal, why don't you also maybe just we can wrap up with the good news about making her story. Yeah, we are now on. So in addition to we're already on iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher. But in addition to all of that, we are now on iHeartRadio, which is really exciting because it is the top um, listened to podcast platform. So yay for that. We've worked really hard to get onto that platform. So that's really exciting. Thank um, you, Crystal. You making it happen. <laughs> You know, I, you know, you got it. The universe gives you gifts when you least expect it. So you got to be grateful for everything. Right. Um, yeah. And um, also you can follow us on um, Twitter at of her story on Facebook and Instagram, making of her story. We, we love stories, right? So it doesn't matter where you live, where you're from, what you do, please reach out if you want to be on the podcast. For sure. Evie, thank you very much. Safe travels and Crystal. Talk to you soon. Love yeah, you. Talk to you soon. Love you. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Bye.